All right, everybody, it's time for another episode of our uh, episodically modular series at Get Bassos, a tale of Richard Warren Sears and James Cash Pennies. Uh, escape from purgatory or limbo or, uh, um, I don't know if I'm like, a, a, a something similar to a neutral Janet void, as a matter of fact, and I'm thinking about it. Uh, a place like that, whatever your belief system or your, you know, uh, suspension of that, uh, you won't believe it actually. They were in purgatory <laughs> and, uh, yeah, let's, you'll believe it. You know what I'm saying? You're here, you're in the right place. I'm here to put you to sleep, you know? So James Cashpenny and Richard Warren Sears, uh, two titans of retail industry, escaped purgatory and returned to Earth uh, to in search of uh, teaching some lessons to a, his, a fictional figure named Jeff Bissos, uh, founder of Amazon.com, who they felt crushed their retail empires. So that's why they came to Earth. Uh, over two seasons of uh, friendship, mostly friendship and some adventure, they uh, they became friends, uh, all three of them. They oh you heard a lot about a lot about it in the last episode while they were having a little breaky poo, but yeah so they had some adventures and then they found themselves back in purgatory. Richard well this was before this season even started. Richard Warren Sears, James Cashpenny, and Jeff Vissos. Uh, Jeff snuck out to return to Earth, uh, like uh, the backup redundant version of Earth. Earth's, Earth's got a backup. That's great news. I mean, not for us, but for whoever's like either supervising Earth or, you know, whatever greater purpose Earth is to serve. Uh, it always, you know, always good to have a backup. So Earth, which we'll call Earth from now on, just because uh, uh, otherwise, you know, I'll forget. Uh, so. Jif snuck off to Earth, a silent H. From from moving forward, it has a silent H. Uh, to get uh, Zbiff, uh, founder of uh, what is that called? There's a simple word for it when it's your name, the synonymous uh, platform Zbiff. Uh, I don't think that's that, but a uh, uh, shopping and social sharing platform uh, where. Uh, so Zbiff, uh, oh, so Jif said, I got to go teach Zbiff a lesson because Zbiff had the dominant uh, uh, social media, social shopping and sharing platform. And of course, it's really just advertising, you know. And Jif snuck off because he felt like he didn't like what Zbiff was doing. But Jif luckily left a long to-do list. Uh, so James Cashpenny and Richard Warren Sears then once again escaped purgatory. Uh, this time to return to Earth, uh, Earth uh, to get Bessos, uh, just to make sure he doesn't get himself in any trouble. So that's the season we're in. Uh, is James Cashpenny, Richard Warren Sears, searching Earth, uh, going through GIF's to-do list uh, of communities impacted by his social media and shopping platform. Uh, communities in the broadest sense of the word, or uh, groups or people impacted by it. And trying to like uh, procedurally, you know, uh, how does how well does this work out? They're, each episode they spend procedurally, in an episodic sense, uh, because they could listen to them in any order. 
uh, trying to figure out what Jif, uh, trying to catch up with Jif, fix these things in hope of crossing paths with Jif or Zbiff. And so it's time for tonight's episode of Get Besos. Uh, and here's our, just back when we're recording this uh, from, you know, Big Night at the Oscars. Uh, because when I see you on the screen, it's a big night for me. A friend of the show, a friend of the world, a heartthrob. I mean, have I called you a heartthrob before? Because uh, holy cow. A uh, kind man, a man with a smile that actually relaxes me. Uh, so I guess, but it, you know, it also makes me aware of your heart throbdom. Uh, the man who drives all the way from Los Angeles, traffic or no traffic. Well, there's always traffic, he says. Uh, sometimes multiple traffics. Who waits to use the restroom or stops it. There's not that great a place to stop either on the way to my place uh, from the highway or the freeway. To use the restroom before it gets here. Uh, Mr. Antonio Banderas. As the ladies, as the gentlemen, as the boys, the girls, the friends beyond the binary. It's time to get pesos. Yeah. Uh, thank you, thank you, Scooter, for the kind. Thank you, everyone out there, uh, for your support, the support of uh, uh, international film. Obviously, uh, uh, don't miss out on it. That's all I have to say. Uh, good night. Yeah, you check check out uh, Antonio's film, which I can't say the first word, but it's glory, something in glory. Oh boy. Here's the thing. Just go to whatever your streaming service is or whatever you watch. If search for Banderas uh, or Banderas, if I'm pronouncing, you know, and then uh, kick back and enjoy it. Or go to your local independent cinema and say, hey, where the, you know, let's get a, when's the Antonio Banderas Film Festival? Uh, thanks. And this is Get Bassos. Okay, buddy. Uh, buddy, 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 that was a good rest, uh, and I think we're ready to kind of resume things, James. Uh, so, uh, but I don't know, I guess I'm just not feeling, once again, I'm not feeling motivated, and maybe it's just we rested too much. Richie, it was good rest, I think, uh, I don't think that's it, I think it's kind of coming up, but we're still struggling. We've never... In some sense, when you were in charge, I mean, you've been right about this all along, and we had a simple mission, just go get Jif. It didn't really go well, and we didn't help anybody, but it was simpler because we were able to, we had a common purpose, and we were able to factor everything through. Well, I guess my role was a little different. Your role was, can I get, well, it's always complicated, but I guess that's what I was saying. Well, you're right. When I was leading in and I said, just everything we're going to do is going to be get Jeff. Uh, even as you were about to say, James, when it looked like I was stroking my ego or going for my own glory, it was really in service of our mission to get Jeff out of trouble, of course. Uh, but you were talking about something else, and then I guess I hijacked the conversation. I'm going to be honest. Uh, and because I, I, I guess what I was going to say uh, before I got distracted is uh, 
in a little disheartenedness because, you know, I'm familiar with the golden rule, James. I mean, how many times are you going to explain it to me? Uh, you know, the golden rule is also, you know, the, the people who have the gold makes the rules is the other side of the golden rule. Right, Richie, but I'm just trying to point out what is our, uh, uh, like, what is our, like, uh, like, should we really try and, like, they call it a pedagogy, you know? I don't know what you mean, James. Pedagogy, like, what are we trying? I feel like we're trying to teach too much. Uh, James, I don't think you're using those words correctly. Well, you're probably right about that, Richie, but... Okay, listen, what you're kind of saying is uh, we have the do as I say, not as I do. Let's just go over what our issue, what, what we're coming up against. Uh, that's number one. Like, uh, can you rephrase that and t- tell it back to me, James, in your in words of your own understanding? Okay, more. yeah, we are facing that. You're right. The social media shopping and sharing platform seems to really spark that in people or make it easier to say, don't do that. I'm talking about your behavior right now. Uh, yeah, and we're not even thinking about my behavior. I'm just talking about your behavior. What did I do? No, no, no. I mean, that's what I was rephrasing. Oh, so I'm now making you rephrase things so I understand it is wrong. No, what I was saying is, James, I'm kidding. Every once in a while, I'm kidding. That was actually pretty good. That was, uh, you know, try to relax. We're here to work together against each other so we can work together. Another thing, James, is like uh, being, and this happens to me, I mean, all the time. I mean, probably because I know better. But I know I spend a lot of time worried about what you're doing or what Jif is doing or what Zbif is doing. Is that like a part of being human, James? Uh, or I guess post-human too? Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's one thing is, yeah, uh, is, that, is it more prevalent here or are we more aware of it? Or again, is this, is, it's probably a Zbif thing. Uh, then there's, uh, Richie, I don't know if you noticed this, there's like super offenders, I guess, who, uh, I mean, we've already dealt with a lot of them. You know, they walk their dogs, they don't care, but they point out, you know, they're pointers. Uh, they're oblivious or they don't care, but they also get really, uh, they're the first to, you know, to catch somebody else. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I mean... Here's the other thing, James, and I guess because I, uh, is, so those are all things. What about also, like you'd say, I don't know, common sense, maybe there wasn't ever a thing as common sense. And I mean, I know that, uh, listen, I'm I'm learning on this. You might not believe it and that somehow I'm a little bit of an archetype of these behaviors. Uh, so maybe... Yeah, I know you're speechless, James, but so let's just move on. Like, one thing I worry about is being the, the F-O-O-L. So let's say I follow all these rules and uh, do it all the time, but then other people get away with it. I don't want to be the one. You know what I'm saying, James? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I guess you could. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I do. I do know what you're saying. It's a human thing. 
I mean, the other thing is like, how much does any of this matter? Are we, are we the ones caught up in it? Richie is what I'm wondering. Is it even more narcissistic uh, for me? I mean, not for you. You seem to be learning. Uh, thank you for noticing what I'm doing and the changes I'm making about myself. Uh, thanks for noticing that because uh, you're really working hard. So is it narcissistic for us to be here in a world that's not ours? Uh, you know, worried about what other people are worried about. Uh, like, does any of it matter or does our opinion even matter? And then there's the idea that uh, if something you can't do, something spoiled, you can't dilute it anyway. Like, I think you said something like that. Uh, I may have, James. I may, you probably did hear me say something uh, enlightened like that. All right, so, James, let's reassess where we're at here. Uh, so we're still kind of stuck, but we have to keep going through this list. Uh, and, I'm, you know, it's still in the back of my mind. What are we doing here? Okay, Richie, yeah, so we're still stuck. We're still kind of doing what worked before our break was that uh, we took kind of opposite sides of things. And I kind of feel like that worked pretty well. Like, uh, even though I do have the sense that we're already here, because we're already here at the studio, Silver Sleeper Studios. Uh, and James Jiff notes that this is probably owned, likely, he says, owned by Zbiff. Uh, but I feel like we've been here, I don't know. It, 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 but James, this also reminds me of a scene in La La Land. Now one of the big scenes, uh, maybe where they drive by the club that he wants to own one day or something else. I don't know. Okay, so not the part where they're on the movie studio set. Oh, good. I'm glad you saw that movie. Uh, well, you made me watch it before we left. Uh, oh, that's right. I mean, yeah. Uh, so... Okay, so we should go in and just have them. I mean, Jeff's kind of sketched out the problem. Pile on, it says. Uh, oh, hello, hello. Yes, uh, we're here. Uh, uh, we're consultants here uh, to to uh, meet with you. Uh, yeah, Jay Jiffy. Sure, we're here with Jay. Yeah, we're, we're uh, no, we're just here to help. Uh, we, we know the studio has a situation. Oh, great. You've been expecting us. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm Richie, RW, you could call me, and this is my friend James. Okay, why don't you walk us through? How, how is everybody doing here? This is the team, eh? So we heard about these pylons, uh, and, uh, okay, you, you explain it to James, and then he's good at, he's my rephraser. That's how we make sure. I don't know if you've ever gotten any seminars on active listening. We're the most active listener. No, so we're not interrupting you or cutting you off or explaining things back to you because I don't like the explainers. Uh, we're here, but sometimes we unintentionally do that when we're trying to re-explain what you just said back to you to, to establish that we heard it also to help us in the listening process. And this is part of the J, this is Jeff's, the J Jiffy method. If, so if it gets on your nerves, remember, this was a J Jiffy method of listening, the school of listening. Okay, James, take it. 
Sorry, Rich, was talking over you there, but uh, I, I think I picked up on what you're saying. So you're one of the big studios, and we realize yeah, what you were saying about the history of the movie studios and how your business has become more and more dependent on blockbusters and that it's like, it's clear that it's not easy for any of you. It's, uh, you know, that's a, a very high pressure that your movies have to be very, very successful and that you can't, you know, if you make a miss, especially with some of these intellectual properties you're talking about, uh, that, uh, that the uh wow richie i'm sorry i just having deja vu or something oh that's one of your movies you're working on that sounds interesting oh that's a hero heroine he- heroine sorry uh okay so so if you have too many misses you know those it's a very pressure filled business uh and you have a general idea if something's going to be a hit or not, but you don't really know. Uh, but you accept that not everything can be a hit. But then uh, ZBF and the you know, they, they uh, so, okay, so that's one part of it. Okay, so I understand that part. Okay, you talk very fast. This is good that I'm going to rephrase. Okay, yeah. You're really able to convey information in an effective and efficient way. If I say micro-machines, does that mean anything to you? Maybe gives you deja vu, huh? Okay, so the other thing is with the with the platform, the ZBIF platform, the social media and shopping and sharing, that's the main source of advertising and word of mouth, which are kind of interlinked at this point. And that the lead up to the release, it can be very impacted. And the opening weekend, you really need to have a good second weekend. So you need to have an amazing opening weekend. But the second weekend is very important because that's okay, okay. And that's very dependent on the word of mouth of the people that saw the movie. Oh, but also within the algorithms. Okay, so you've noticed something new. Oh, that's slowly been developing. So that's P. Okay, so can I explain that back to you? I think I understand. So a lot of times uh, a movie like Deja Vu might come out. And everybody or, or a large portion of people are very excited to see Deja Vu, uh, see if whether the movie's going to tell her origin story or just have her already as a superheroine. And that, okay. And then, so people, some people are excited. Some people are torn. Some people just have, they can't get over themselves. Okay. So you have all these competing interests, uh, about interests for the film, Deja Vu. Uh, then you have the film, very quality. You're saying you, you, you think it's a very well done picture. Still a couple tweaks in editing, but nothing major. Everybody's feeling very good about it. Okay, but in other, okay, so there's been other instances of this. uh, Okay, so where people say, uh, oh, so like people look for people to to swing some, not the majority, but or the plurality, but some percentage of opinion. Uh, 
Okay, so they would say, aren't you just so over superhero movies? Uh, but they would say that they're not saying it as an opinion because it's not really backed by anything. Uh, but they're hoping that more and more people would do that uh, and, and create like a snowball. Like a, they're hoping to create a snowball by saying that. Okay, yeah. They say, don't you think uh, super heroines have gotten too super? Or who else thinks? Okay. Okay, sometimes they might cloak it like a positive negative. Uh, like, you know, movies like Deja Vu are great, but I really miss uh, this. Uh, or don't you? Okay, so I, I understand what you're saying. It's uh, they're looking to create a snowball of people who share their opinion or support their opinion. Uh, but it's more, opinion might be the wrong word. You're right. We may not have a word for this. Uh, okay. All right. Well, you know, Richie, we're listening here and we got the whole team here from silver sleeper studios. Uh, Richie, what do you think? Uh, I'd like to see a deja vu, actually. Did you, uh, oh, wait, this is a different, uh, have you ever had a war movie uh, uh, that was a modern-day musical uh, with dancing? Was it called, I don't think, James, I don't think it was called Oh, La La Land. Does that, oh, that gives you deja vu. Oh, there is music in, in, in deja vu. Sorry, oh, deja vu. Sorry about that. No, I was just asking. So I think, James, this reminds me of that famous story we once heard. Opposing side story. Once, you know, once upon a time. Oh, boy. Did I, did it, was just, it feels like it was just like yesterday. My, uh, I don't know. Someone told me this story. It was a, a filmmaker, actually. And they were so well-liked at the studios. Now, this was the era of the real big studios uh, with vertical and horizontal integration, so they didn't have to, uh, you know, some of your concerns weren't their concerns because they said, well, this is the only movie you're going to see this weekend. Uh, It'll be in the theater. So that's not possible here in your world. This is a piece of fiction, I mean. But all the movies were big budget, and then you know all everybody had to go change and everything around. Uh, and the movies were like they were so good, giant sets, you know, vertical and horizontal information, you know, that made it so they could be you know create whole, you know, whole worlds uh, and film it, you know, practical effects, saw everything. And big stakes, uh, but everybody even then. Uh, was worried when things started to change. They said, well, this is going to change how we make uh, films. Uh, we'll have to avoid mistakes because we can't, uh, you know, if they could only go pick, you know, if they could pick uh, more than, we just started to get with James. Uh, go ahead, James. Oh, James wants to tell the next part of the story. Yeah, so things started to change in the movie business. Uh uh, and they called it La La Land. And the people outside of there, because everybody was so caught up in the business. And 
when things changed, they said, well, what if we, what if our movies don't have the success to pay for all the practical effects and the staffing and all that? What are we going to do? And years went by and it was a, like a feast or famine type thing. And no one, you know, someone said, well, why don't you make movies across budgets? Uh, and they tried that for a time and it kind of worked. Uh, it worked really well, actually. But then there was a reconsolidation because they said, well, you can make movies for uh, 300, 30, 300, 3 million, 30 million, or 300 million. Not just those numbers. And, uh, but then they went back to these things. They called them in La La Land, they called them tent poles. Oh boy, did they. This sounds exactly like the situation you're in. No, no, not your, your, James, that's like you're in town. So, so that was the situation they had, and they needed someone to help fix it. Oh boy, did they. And that's where that character, this filmmaker, stepped in. Now, he was, his name was Jiff. Oh boy. And he was not good at making movies. He made some of the worst movies, uh, you could ever possibly make. Some people would say they weren't even films, uh, uh, that they didn't even make any sense. Uh, they were, uh, uh, Joe James, go ahead. I know you want to go now. Uh, but while he didn't know movies that well, he did know uh, about budgets and marketing and workarounds. Uh, and he worked with, uh, like, uh, studios uh, because he, he was able to always make his movies at least break even, no matter how. He always put his movies on budget, uh, and he was worked, worked creatively within his budgets uh, to execute his vision, even though it was artistic and a little bit different and, some would say, awful. Uh, that, uh, okay, well... I don't know about that, James. Uh, artistic is ridiculous. Uh, but so Jiff also, so Jiff he kept, uh, so he broke even, right? Uh, and one day, the very visionary uh, executive uh, from another company happened to be, uh, his name was Randy War Warren. Uh, and he worked outside of the movie business. Uh, and he had seen a couple of these movies by Jiff, and they were not good. But he told a tale. He happened to be with all these executives to the big uh, uh, studios in a room like these ones, and he told them about uh, some simple retail concepts that these studios actually weren't familiar with. They needed someone to come set them straight uh, a retail titan at the time, the greatest retailer in the history of the planet uh, in this story, but really anywhere. And he told them about loss leaders, uh, and they still didn't get it. They said, well, why would you sell something like no, that nobody wants? Uh, just to, And I'd say to get them in the store, that's why. Uh, it's, uh, and they said, well, but they wouldn't be satisfied. And he said, I guess you don't get that. Uh, and he said, well, then he explained to them about advertising. And they said, we know about marketing movies, not about marketing toilet brushes. Uh, 
And so they had some, you know, they had a couple debates back and forth. It wasn't always pleasant. You know, hearing the truth is not ever easy. Uh, but eventually, yeah, he got him to realize that, uh, 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 James, well, eventually he got him to realize that, uh, you know, some of these retailers, uh, would open up a store and a store wouldn't even make a profit. They could, it was similar to, they took this one, uh, retailer, took the idea of a loss leader uh, to a whole nother level. And this was a sad time in the history of this story we're telling, but, uh, uh, where it was like, oh, you could just run a whole store, uh, that would lose money, but it would just try to lose as little money as possible uh, in order to be more to, to to mess with your competitors. Not very fair. And then they said, well, you could use something different than this model. Is I think what Richie was about to talk about for the films, uh, uh, that's why he was talking about Jif, uh, r- right, Richie? Oh, yeah. So then he said, yes, uh, give me a second with my brilliance. As I sat quietly, he realized uh, that the studios would need to hire Jif and that they could hire Jif or someone like Jif uh, to make their failures for them. And uh, that the failures could be almost great, uh, but that someone like in someone like Jeff's hands, uh, he could make a budget. He could stretch the budget uh, to make the movie uh, feel like a blockbuster. Uh, but because he was involved in it, it wouldn't be good. Just a natural, his natural taste was not uh, was not good, and so. Uh, the movie was almost guaranteed to fail spectacularly from a public perspective. But from the studio perspective, the movie wouldn't financially fail. And it would help them leverage uh, people's need to say, to point at that and say, oh boy, it would give confidence back to the people behind the productions. Uh, and they could also still use it within their existing intellectual property. They'd say, well, you know, we really want Deja Vu to do well. Uh, but uh, Captain Carmel, you know, we, 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 he's like a Sonata or, or whatever, Sonata. That was a, that Captain Car- Carmel versus Sonata was a movie. That was one of the first ones that Jif put out, put out right, James? Oh, thanks, Richie. Yeah, that was Jeff's first movie, Captain Carmel. It was just called Captain Carmel, but then when they released it, it actually seemed like they were in trouble. Uh, right before release, they changed the name to Versus Snada. And that was, uh, that, uh, like, uh, it was, like, and people even say, well, why would you put Snada in the name of a film? And so it gave something, but now this was still early on. So the studios hadn't even really realized what the problem was. They didn't have the brilliant data statisticians or whatever you have working here. 
And so that movie was more of the critics gave them something. Like they actually at the time said, oh, the critics are a problem. That's why we're making failures. Uh, and so the critics, you know, for the most part, though, there was a, a small percentage because of GIF's uh, underlying tenacity that enjoyed the film. They said this is a very different movie, a very different take on the superhero genre. You know, not an anti-hero yeah, with Captain Carmel, but uh, not exactly a hero we could root for or against, uh, but kind of someone like that might live down the street. And Snada was uh, like a relatable uh, anti-hero. You know, so they it was something like that. Uh, but the studios already knew when they had that failure and it only lost almost no money with their creative accounting. When they looked at the bottom line, they said, wait a second. They also realized that this would be a competitive advantage because uh, it could impact other films. So it became a very thing. And, and Jay Jiffy became in demand instantly. Uh, but then, like, uh, they realized that uh, it was more the, 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 the R.W., the, the, the character's real vision and not J. Jif, Jif uh, uh, because, you know, he made movies uh, like Rubber Man and uh, Queen of the Lords, uh, Deep Water Blues. Those were some great films, weren't they? James, why don't you tell us a little about about those films and how Jay Jiff, Jiffy's technique uh, changed over time? Well, you're right. He started to take uh, these tempo movies and also, like with Queen of the Lords and uh, Deep Water Blues, change names, uh, and create pseudonyms and uh, alter personalities. Uh, so that it kept the momentum and nobody caught on uh, that it was one person behind these perceived colossal failures. Uh, but yeah, Rubber Man was just like, a, that was one where J.J. if he tried to make something that wouldn't make a negative splash, uh, that was a second movie made with uh, the same big studio with Captain Carmel, Rubber Man was uh, like a more somewhat forward uh, uh, character. And that movie was, uh, it was just neutrally received, uh, but perceived then as a failure in a different way, right? Uh, so Jif found new ways to fail. And eventually Jif started failing at failing, with Queen of the Lords in particular. Yeah, because that was Jiff's uh, first fantasy film, uh, perceived to be a giant budget, based on you know the famous uh, uh, octet, you know, a set of eight books. Uh, you know, the first book, Queen of the Lords, uh, the most beloved of all the eight books, of course. Uh, you know, except for uh, Princess in the Half Shell, which was the final book. You know, and. Uh, so Queen of Lords was where Jif uh, uh, failed at failing, right, James? Well, kind of, because Jif had, uh, he made a, a Queen of the Lords, uh, 
uh, a critical hit. It was, it actually opened up a new arena into examining why they were doing this. It was a critical hit, uh, but it was, uh, wasn't well received by the audience. And it was panned. The word of the mouth, uh, and Queen of the Lords was not good. It was, uh, considered to be like, uh, it wasn't even good at being not good. You're right, Richie. He failed at that. Uh, but it was, when the studio started to process things, they said, wait a second, this lost. Uh, they said, wait, maybe the critics aren't exactly guiding the bottom line. Uh, is this movie like, uh, right? They learned something. Well, yeah, once again, they learned they couldn't rely on that necessarily wasn't just Jay Jeff's vision. Uh, but they had Queen of Lords, they said, okay, well, it's not the critics here that are, it's the word of the mouth. Uh, we need you to focus on Jay Jeff. Jeff, you're not doing it right. Uh, and they put the pressure on him for Deepwater Blues. Yeah, and that was a very different movie. That was one. Yeah, that was actually a pretty good movie that was marketed in the wrong way. Again, Jay Jiffy's vision, which caused expectations to be off, uh, which caused uh, the, the, the audience to not be happy. But they were happy with the movie, but they weren't happy with the marketing. So they weren't happy when they went to the movie. But at a later date, uh, people were ha- kind of happy. It was a good movie, basically marketed in the to- totally wrong way. So it's critically received uh, as okay. And the word of mouth was strangely controlled because uh, people said, well, I thought this was going to be a movie uh, about two submariners, uh, you know, ro- submarine rom-com. But it was really a movie about, you know, uh, uh, like it was a, you know, giant, you know, movie with a giant being... Uh, so it was, you know, th- that it was totally unexpected, totally marketed the wrong way. And that's where, uh, uh, right. So that was where they said, wait a second, there's something going on here with this word of mouth and, uh, the uh, piling on. And yet they can't find, but that's when they found out that Jeff Bezos, a fictional character, obviously it's a fictional story, nothing like Jay Jiffy. We just get mixed up sometimes. Uh, became synonymous with failure for failing at failure. Actually became a noun in this story we're telling you. People would say, I jiffed it. And right, that the jiffing outgrew. That was where it became, they, they jiffed it. The marketing team actually got blamed, even though it's Jiff's vision. And that's where it outgrew Jiff. Uh, and studios just started doing it on their own, uh, testing, but making sure they could cover the bottom line with these movies made to not work out. And they figured out a way to keep it from, you know, to protect the integrity of the performers that were in the movies and make it fair on everybody. Uh, so that was, uh, but, but then they realized that, uh, 
they still had one problem on their hands, uh, which is the problem we're here today to talk about. Because what, what people still say about deep water blues uh, is uh, the most famous quote that changed everything in this world that we're talking about. And that I want you to take away from here is that uh, someone once said, did you ever notice that deep water blues is a really good movie? But I'll never like it because they promised me a rom-con. And that we got printed on shirts everywhere uh, because it came, in that world it became a sign of this pile-on movement that you're talking about. And they, it was actually printed on T-shirts everywhere in studios and holiday parties and everything where they said, don't forget that that's why we make the movies uh, uh, like uh, to fail is so that... Uh, uh, so they say, always remember that mindset of uh, it's unpredictable, it's volatile, but it, it, uh, it you're all looking at us blankly because Richie's about to take over. Uh, so in that world, you know, that's how they dealt with your problem, basically, uh, which doesn't really, but it, also that was that's just a work of fiction, a long one. Uh, because, uh, they, uh, you know, a lot of films did develop their audiences over time. And, uh, someone named, uh, uh, someone else named, someone named, uh, Kraft, uh, Kraft, uh, Super Kraft, uh, said, what if you listen to these? What if, is there any truth in these pylons? And then they started making movies based on pile. They hired everybody from these pylons to make movies or write them. And that turned out to be, uh, those turned out to be failures that even, they were worse than GIF's movies. And they were too convoluted. Uh, and so that didn't work either, James. But that was an idea that they did try. Uh, right, but like uh, that craftsmaster or whatever wouldn't give up. He, he, they said that uh, there's got to be something to this. Uh, and so they thought if they were working in this world today, that's where they'd look at, not for information, not for certainty, because it's causing uncertainty. And not to avoid it or say, oh, maybe you do know what you're talking about when you say, uh, Deja Vu is a movie I wish I could forget or whatever, who do, who agrees or whatever you're worried about them saying. Uh, they did have to find a way to empower these pylons, uh, these snowball seekers. And so they started some programs, uh, at least in this story we're telling, like some official and some unofficial, because they realized that uh, they had to get more information. Maybe it was algorithmic even uh, to start, because these studios were also sitting on years and years and years, decades and decades and decades of film. Uh, and they were looking on the, the they were looking in the wrong place, and so they had to uh, yeah they had to re thanks James they had to re redirect uh, 
uh, James, thinking about empowering these pile honors is making me squinch on the inside. Yeah, but they had to, they had to put them to work somewhere so they would be investing their energy someplace else. Uh, and so they tried to get them to pile on movies, uh, and give them useful information about their trove of films, uh, and intellectual property. Uh, to find the hidden gold in their back catalogs uh, and say, well, you know, maybe we should bring that movie back or maybe there is an audience for that film. Uh, the archives that they already controlled and owned uh, could be another source uh, of either perceived failures or of uh, interest. They say, oh, the reason they don't like these current movies is because it's not like these ones. Oh, hold on, James, they're talking. Oh, so you're going to reach out. Zbiff would love the idea of monetizing these pylons. Uh, yeah, I don't know how comfortable I feel with that either. Uh, but it sounds like uh, that might help all of you. Or you might try to do those. Uh, well, no, I don't know who has in the the the, the rights to uh, Deep Water Blues. Um, uh, no, that's not a, who has the rights to the story we just told. We do actually. Oh, will we meet with Zbiff? Well, you know, Jay, do you have a nap uh, nap pods? You know, we've been another. Oh, you do. I think we'd like to take a rest. Uh, and think about it, because we actually have other work to do, so maybe you could give Zbiff our number or something. But I'm glad we could help you. Yeah, I'm glad, uh, yeah, James, I don't know. I need a nap, too. I don't know if we actually did any good here. Well, we helped them solve their problem, I think. I don't know, James. I'm squ- I got to, yeah, I want to curl up and wind down. Get in the snap. Oh, boy, is it comfy in here and cozy. Good night, James. Good night, Richie. This guy, I'm getting, uh, just sinking in here and getting comfortable. Yeah, good night.